Welcome to Originality, the podcast where we talk about creativity and the roots of creative expression. I am one of your hosts, Aline Sims, and I am, as always, joined by Kay Tempest Bradford. So, hi, Tempest. Hi. We haven't recorded an episode since November, and it is now almost April. I know. We're, we, we're people who have things that happen in our lives. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> who knew that lives could get in the way of doing things like recording a fun podcast? I know. Well, we're back. We're working we back. on building a backlog. Yes. So that uh, we don't have huge interruptions again. Um, we're working on more interviews, working on more interviews, got some exciting people on the roster. If we can make some stuff work. Yes. Yeah. But as we have learned, artists are kind of flaky. I don't... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's a challenge, but the nice thing is that you and I can always record episodes where it's just us talking, which I yes. appreciate about having uh that kind of fallback because with my last podcast less than or equal which was supposed to be 100% interview based that got really difficult sometimes mm-hmm. cuz people's like schedules you think they're going to align and then they don't align mm-hmm. and then you're like let's record and they're like i can't because the bear has gotten into the house and you're like oh no yeah not the bear or they literally don't show up and yeah. you never hear from them again. I have had that happen. Ghosted you. So, yeah. Yep. So, yes. So, Timbus, what have you been up to? Um, I've been learning the value of habits. <laughs> Me too. Should we talk Yay. about it? I think we should. <laughs> I think we should totally talk about that today. So, what are your thoughts on habits? Like, if if you're learning the value of habits, um, what are you learning? And are you learning it the hard way like me? <laughs> I am learning it the hard way for sure. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> it's always the hard way. Like, uh, what's what's been going on? Well, let me talk a little tiny bit about what my 2018 was like. Um, as many longtime listeners know, I'm a nomadic person. So I'm usually not in a place for more than three or four months at a time. Um, but last year things got a little bit ridiculous. Um, I had, there were certain things that I had planned to do. Like I, I went to Egypt and that was planned and I went to, uh, three, there are three conferences that I usually always go to. And so I went to those. Um, but then like things just kept coming up. Uh, I was, I got into a writing workshop. I, at the last minute decided to like go bar con world con. Um, I was invited to do more things. Um, and so between the end of February and the beginning of December, I was not in a place for more than three weeks at a time, all those months. That's intense. (laughs) And it makes it really hard to establish habits and routine when you're doing that. And what made it a little bit difficult for me to sort of deal with is because like all the things I was doing were really cool things that were like helpful to my art or helpful to my career, you know, things like that. Um, and so it's not like I would say like, no, I can't do that because I'm tired because I just kept getting all these opportunities and getting opportunities is great. And Mm -hmm. so 
once I finally like put myself down in one place for a while, um, I started thinking about what kind of habits I I'm trying to always have no matter what's going on because I'm very easily disrupted um, because of my ADHD. So probably not the best life for a nomad who mm. or it's probably not the best mindset for a nomad. It's like every time I pick up and go somewhere else, I'm like, I can't do anything because all my habits have gone. So yeah, I've been trying to figure out like what habits I can do that, that regardless of place, regardless of time, I can always do to sort of give myself a little stability. Um, but last year's Epic Travels also made me realize that I actually need more stability in my life than I currently have. And so I'm working on that. So what do, what do those habits look like for you? Things that you can replicate anywhere? Um, sometimes it's just getting up at the same time every morning and Ooh. trying to make myself go to bed at the same time oh, in the evening. No. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> terrible. It's just terrible things like that. Um and and trying to also cuz like we've talked on the podcast before about the the fabulous app mm. and the routines that you can do in there and like there are some things in the morning routine that I have in that app that I don't always feel comfortable doing everywhere. Like I don't necessarily always feel comfortable doing yoga. Um and uh there, you know there are a couple other things, but I can always wake up and drink water and have breakfast and take my pills and brush my teeth, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also been working on figuring out the best way to to make like creative habits stick. Um, but that's that's the harder one because that's always like, well, I could do that or I could just like go over here and eat a banana or anything else that does not require the kind of mental energy that creative work requires. Um, I think habits build into having the mental energy because you're like, this is what I've decided I'm going to do, but it's, it's difficult. How about you? Why do you feel like you've gone the, <laughs> the hard way in figuring out your habits? Well, so I've been trying for a while. I, I don't remember if I've talked about it. I have talked about it a little bit on originality. So we had a, one of our early episodes was about bullet journaling. And I loved bullet journaling. It worked really well for me uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, But I switched from bullet journaling to a planning system. Um, And the planner I use is called the Full Focus Planner. And there's like this, this whole, I don't know, it's, it's the whole shebang, right? It's, it helps you do goal planning and, um, habit tracking and day-to-day planning and note-taking and stuff. So it kind of combines the things that worked really well for me with the bullet journal with a little bit more structure, which is kind of good and bad. But one of the things in the planner is, uh, an area where you write down your rituals and the rituals as, uh, I guess, defined by the creator of the system are like a morning routine and then a morning like spin up workday routine and an evening shutdown work routine and then a a night routine. And uh, some of that, some of that works for me and some of it doesn't. But what what I was realizing as I was trying to, to set up these routines is like, I have no idea what I need. I have absolutely no idea what I need. 
And so I've been spending a lot of time just kind of observing myself and figuring out what works for me and what doesn't. And the other thing that's happened in addition to getting this planner is I've taken a part-time job as co-executive director at a nonprofit. And what happens when you become like the person in charge of an organization is that you have 75 million decisions to make every day. And what I realized was by not having routines to fall back on and to, to do, I had, I was making decisions for every little thing in my day. So what time am I getting up? Um, then I, you know, what time am I going to take my shower? I wasn't showering every day. Not that you necessarily need to. I wasn't like emitting odor or anything, but like I wasn't, I wasn't showering like I like to because I would just get so involved in all of the other things that I needed to do. I wasn't, um, eating regularly because I wasn't making time to cook. Um, well, I'm still not doing that, but you know, like I realized that there were so many decisions that, I was making or failing to make that I really needed to establish routine so that I didn't have to make choices. So that's what I've been working on. I've been using Habitica again, and we've talked about Habitica before, but there's something about gamification that's really motivating to me. Like, oh, maybe I'll skip doing my morning routine today. And then it's like, no, because it's a gamification system. My character will take damage because of that. And I might lose a level, you know, so it's, it's oddly motivating to me. Um, these pixels might lose a level. What a shame, but, um, (laughs) you don't want the pixels to lose a level. Don't want the pixels to lose level. So I've, I've set up Habitica for a morning routine, a workday shutdown routine and a night routine. Because one of the things I discovered is that, I can't have any break in the day before I start work. Otherwise I don't start work and I'm still working from home. So it's like, I, it's, I get up, I take my meds, I get in the shower, I, you know, get dressed, I feed the cats, I feed myself, I check my schedule for the day, I check my to-dos for the day and I start work. Because if I don't do that, if I don't take care of kind of like the, get the furry screaming creatures out of the way <laughs> and feed yourself so you can think. Um, if if I don't work immediately after that, then it'll be like three in the afternoon and I won't have done anything for the day yet. Yeah, I I have become very sort of well-versed in my own uh, decision fatigue situations. Uh, once I figured out, well, once I was, was told that that was a thing, like there was a name for it, I was like, this makes so much sense. And decision fatigue is real. Like if you have to make too many decisions in a day for some people, then that just means that you don't have any brain power left for other things that you, mm-hmm. that, that need dealing with. Um, and so being able to like take the decision making out of it for me uh, has been really good. And that's, that's what the the routines do, you know, as much as I complain about fabulous when I get up in the morning and it's like, drink this water, go do this, go do that. And 
and the way that I deal with like my my sort of frustration that I need this is I like I talk back to her. I'm like, you can't tell me what to do, but then I do it. <laughs> you know? And then, like whoever I'm with is always like, you are always arguing with her. And I'm like, I know. And I programmed her to say everything she says. And yet I'm like, shut up. Um, <laughs> but but you know, but because it's like already like a set series of things, like I don't have to think mm-hmm. all through my morning routine, right? It's just like eat this food brush this teeth, like put your clothes on, you know, whatever. Um, Another thing that I've been, a habit that I've been getting into um, is doing the thing where I do meal prep, which I know like a lot of people are like, meal prep. People always like talk about meal prep. And the only thing I will say is that the reason why I have been doing meal prep is because um, due to some health issues that I have, I am supposed to eat five times a day. And if I have to make a decision about what to eat five times a day, yeah. it's I'm I'm done. I'm done for the day. And so uh the meal prep stuff is really mostly to um to keep me to, to keep me from having to think about it. Like there's boxes that are in the refrigerator or in the pantry or whatever that have foods that I know I like to eat. And when you eat five times a day, generally you're not hungry. And so when you're not hungry, you're just like, I don't know what I would eat. So I'm like, it is now snack time. I'm going to pull these nuts and this cheese off the shelf. That's my snack. I know because I already planned that. This is what's happening for lunch. This is what's happening for dinner. And like trying to figure out the best way to store food that you pre-cooked in advance so that like if one part of it goes bad, it doesn't ruin the whole thing is that that took a little bit of time. But it was really worth it because yeah, it's just, it took away, like I have my timers set. My timers tell me when I should be eating, um, for my optimal health. And, and I just do that. And then everything else is going on in between that. And so the, the habit of just making sure that I have all that stuff dealt with like once a week or once every couple of weeks really then saves me like the brain power to do more creative work. Yeah, I I totally see that. I I tend to do like batch cooking, so I, you know, I'll roast a lot of veggies and I'll do like a big I don't know, because I'm a meat eater, I'll do like a, a roast or whatever and then that's what I'll eat for a few <laughs> few days. Like it doesn't bother me if my meals are repetitive as long as I don't have to think about it at all. I hate thinking about food. It's Well, yeah. Because like sometimes you're just like whatever is this nourishment just put mm-hmm. it just let's just go yeah especially when I'm you know in a focus mode and it's like okay my my main tell is my thinking gets a little sluggish and I'm like oh I really need to eat um, yeah. and it's like I'm already focusing on a thing I don't want to break that concentration so but I can take two minutes to reheat something in the microwave right yeah so. <sighs> The other thing that I've been doing in in terms of habits is I have, like I said, I have the morning spin up, I have the workday shutdown, and I have the end of day stuff. Um, but I also have, um, well, Justin and I sat down and we went through our chores uh, like a week or two ago and kind of redivided things up now that we've been moved and settled for a while. And you know, examined what's working and what's not. Like I was supposed to vacuum the apartment once a week. That was a thing that we talked about and I agreed to do. And then I wasn't vacuuming the apartment once a week like I was supposed to be. And so he was like, well, I really hate 
emptying all the trash once a week. So I would much rather vacuum the entire apartment than empty, you know, like the bathroom trash in the bedroom and under the desk and whatever. And so we did some some chore swapping. And as it turns out, I have seven apartment chores that I need to do every week, which is super handy because in Habitica, you can set up chores to recur at any at any interval you want. So I just assigned a day to a task. So um, on Tuesdays, I do my laundry. On Wednesdays, I put it away because for whatever reason, it is asking way too much of me to actually wash and dry and put away all of my clothes on the same day. Um, and then Thursday, I do, I wash the household stuff. Um, and so that's been really helpful for me to have just one bigger chore that I need to do each day has, I think it's helped with kind of apartment upkeep quite a bit because otherwise I was getting stuck in this whole cycle of like, oh, well now you have 73 chores you need to do because you've put everything off. Yeah. That cycle is, uh, that's a, that's a thing. Like the, the shame cycle mm-hmm. once you've been like, crap, I haven't done that thing. Oh, I haven't done this thing either. Oh, I'm the worst. Yeah. Um, well, so you've talked about like the habits for stuff that's sort of like life stuff, but um, when you are, when you're doing work that's either like creative work or, or even like stuff that in, that for day job involves sort of creativity, do you have any habits around that kind of thing? I, I don't yet. Um, and I would, I would like to, something that I'm working towards is scheduling my days a little bit. Um, things are in flux right now. So, you know, as I've talked about like extensively everywhere, because it was surprisingly traumatic to move across the country, um, which I wasn't expecting. Um, so I, you know, I had kind of that period of adaptation to being in a new apartment in a new city with a bunch of new contexts and getting used to that. And then kind of out of the blue, like I wasn't expecting to start the job at App Camp at all. Like it wasn't at all on my radar. And so that started mid-December. And so now I feel like I'm finally getting into a point where I can, um, I I know what to expect. But now um, my husband was recently offered a job and it looks like he's, you know, it looks like Justin's going to start working out of an office for like an employer, uh, two or three days a week. And so coming up with those schedules has been like, there's, it's kind of been like, Oh, okay. I'm finally kind of used to things. I don't know if you need to do this, but I have to step back and kind of get a lay of the land before I can plan. Otherwise it just feels like I've wasted a bunch of time coming up with a plan that won't work. So it's like, oh, I finally got the lay of the land. Now that I have like a part-time job job, um, I can start getting back into, you know, these other things. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but now Justin's going to uh, <laughs> going to be leaving the apartment. And what does that look like for me? And um, so, yeah, that's a really long answer to say no, I don't. But <laughs> what about you? Do you, I know before you used to have like your the portable desk that you took with you everywhere and you had some rituals around that to kind of help your brain get into that space. Is that still true? 
Yeah, I do still have like certain things that I really need to do before I dive into writing. Um, you know, I, I always have to do some writing exercises by hand. And I've also been doing like uh, some like creativity focused meditation just to sort of like get my brain to stop like racing around to all the different things that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and, and that has actually been really helpful in doing focus and also like making a plan for when I'm going to do things that are related to my writing, like setting aside an hour every three days or so to just go through some of the research that I've collected because sometimes it doesn't necessarily relate to the scene that I'm about to write, but I have collected a lot of articles and excerpts from books and pictures and things. I don't always remember everything that I have. So mm-hmm. sometimes just going through my research helps to kickstart ideas. Um, and the other thing is that I'm, I'm also learning that I have, there are some habits that I probably need to start incorporating into my work that I didn't have before. Um, because I didn't feel like I needed them before. But recently, I had to restructure the entire first half of my novel. Super exciting. Um, And I basically, I used index cards to do that. And it was a more detailed outlining process than I've ever done before. And then before I moved forward into the stuff I haven't written yet, I decided to do like detailed index cards for that too. And that was, that's not generally how I write. I'm not a pantser. Uh, that is the the technical term <laughs> for a person who writes without an outline. I'm mm-hmm. not a complete pantser. Um, I am more of a, I'm like halfway between a gardener, which is a nicer way of saying pantser, and an architect, <laughs> which is somebody who like does a lot of outlining. I'm usually halfway between those. So like sometimes I'll be like, I'm just going to see where this goes. But I also know that like in general, I need to get to this specific place the specific beat or whatever um but doing it this way having a very very detailed outline where I sketched out every scene I had to sketch out like emotional arcs for the characters like all these things ahead of time um but in in doing that process it made me realize that like there are going to be some points especially in a longer project like this where that needs to be part of my habit um to actually sit down and like really detail for myself what I'm going to write or where I'm going so that when I get to the part where I'm like actually writing it, I've already worked out the like sort of logistical stuff. So then I can concentrate on language and the way people are talking and how I'm going to express these emotions that the character has because it doesn't come up on me as a surprise. Um, and, and that, that kind of thing like doesn't necessarily work for everybody. It doesn't always work for every different kind of artistic discipline, obviously. Um, but I think that there are just some things that if you get in the habit of doing them, they become more organic to your process. Um, but, but it also has to like be right for you in that moment. I don't think that I would like start out a novel project trying to do that level of detailed outlining. Um, if only because I often like surprise myself and I change my mind a million times about how something is going to go. Um, if I was like 
if I was truly a god, there would be so many multiverses, all just based <laughs> on like random decisions that I made. And I'm like, no, I don't like that. We're going to go back this other way. And my characters are like, what are you doing to us? <laughs> like, sorry. Sorry, Earth 616. I just wrote you out of existence. Just Bless them. Yeah. So do you have tips? Like, what are your tips for creating habits? Do you, what has worked for you? Besides, I mean, I know the fabulous helps a lot, but do you have any other ideas for people? I mean, the thing that I have found to be true is that it has to, you have to work within how your brain works. Um, I know we've said this on this podcast many a time. Um, and, and the only reason why I know this is because of like sort of understanding my own issues with ADHD. And so instead of, and we talked about this, like recently we we're talking about like the shoulds, like don't get involved in the shoulds, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to build habits around the way that you are going to be as opposed to the way that you wish you could be if you were only better. Yeah. Um, so like my writing habits work for me in part because they are things that have helped me in the past and they aren't like sort of aspirational things. Um, I know that if I sit and do my meditation, then I'm more likely to get up and actually write that scene. I know that if I, you know, do the things that signal to my brain, it's time to be creative now that I will actually, I'm more likely to actually get to the writing. Um, and, and also just like setting realistic markers for yourself. Um, I know again, this has been said a million times. But I'll say it again. Like if you're a writer, like one sentence a day, if you're an artist, like one sketch a day, um, if you're a musician, one song, practice one song a day, you know, stuff that's like manageable and bite-sized because that will tell you where you're at. Like if, if you say, okay, my goal is I'm going to write one sentence a day and you get up and you do it and you're like, woohoo. And then you stop. Then, then you know that that like, that's what you needed in that moment. But if you like, I wrote one sentence, well, I know what the next sentence is. Let me just go ahead and do this. And then you write 500 words. Cool. And, and in that way, you also haven't like set yourself up to be upset with yourself because you didn't say I'm going to write a thousand words today. And then you only wrote 500. So yeah, like just, being realistic about what you can accomplish, what you want to accomplish in this moment, because it doesn't necessarily mean that like, that's all you're ever going to be able to accomplish over time. Um, like, cause building habits is really just about putting yourself in the best position to do better over time. Yeah. And exactly in line with what you're saying, I think just extending it a little further is also something, um, that's emphasized with the full focus planner, um, is your goals, this is, you know, part of the goal setting framework, obviously, but like your, your goals and your rituals have to be compatible with where you are in life right now. So if you are the parent of three little kids, your capacity to write every day, to draw every day, to sketch every day, to practice a song or, or practice your set is going to be a lot different than, you know, for me where it's like, I have two cats. They yell at me when they're hungry, like, you know, but otherwise I have a lot of freedom in, in my day and I have a lot more 
time in my day. So maybe my 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 goal is, okay, I'm going to write a paragraph instead of writing a sentence. Or, you know, maybe you're in a place where everything's firing on all cylinders and you can write 2,000 words a day. Awesome. Um, but I think... I think what happens often is we get stuck in those shoulds and where we were writing 2000 words a day. And then suddenly we have, you know, like a baby and we're not sleeping, then this is not an announcement. And then, you know, and then, and then you're like, why can't I write 2000 words a day? Well, your brain is in a completely different space now and you need to be able to, to adapt to that. And I mean, that's an extreme example. Obviously, you can point to that. But I think being able to step back and like scheduling even time to step back and look at how things are going is really hugely beneficial. Like, so I used to write 2,000 words a day, and I've noticed that lately I've been writing 1,000. What's going on? Do I need to adjust my goal? Do I need to adjust something else? is hugely helpful though, because what happens for me at least when I was writing 2000 words and now I'm writing half of that is that I internalize it and blame myself as opposed to figuring out, like blame does not help me figure out what's going on. And maybe there is something going on with me, but maybe there's something in my environment that some kind of context has changed and I just need to reassess and readjust. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and yeah, that's that's also sort of the the mark of like good habit keeping is always sort of reassessing and adjusting to fit what's going on or what has worked and what hasn't. Um, because you have to just basically make sure you're not like continuing to do something that doesn't work for you. Again, simply because you should, you think you should. Those shoulds. I'm. We need to get that T-shirt made. We do. Just yeah. like no, no shoulds. <laughs> Barrier shoulds. I think was the yes the title of our not the last <laughs> episode but the episode before that. And I, f- I really feel like that needs to be on a shirt. <laughs> I approve. I approve and agree. So yeah. Um. But we'll see. There's a lot of travel for me coming up in the next couple of months. So we'll see how my how my habits you know, how many of my habits I'm able to keep and keep up with. I haven't been going to bed at the same time. And I probably should like actually start going to bed instead of staying up and being like, I'm up. Yay. <laughs> what can I do? There's nothing yeah. to do. Cause, cause Portland shuts down at like nine. It, but... Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and on Mondays, do, but... Portland after nine and on Mondays is <laughs> bizarre. Mm-hmm. Just so weird. Yep. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I, I got to I got to end up going to bed, but then I can get up and do my creative work or whatever. So what's your plan for addressing that then? If you're like, okay, this is this is a habit or this is a part of my routine that I know that that is important and I need to prioritize sticking to it, um then what do you do? Like do you have a plan for addressing that? Um sometimes it it really is just like saying to yourself, okay, like stop with this nonsense. Let's go. <laughs> but sometimes I need outside help. Um, in one of the episodes that will be uh, happening, it may have already happened by the time this one goes up or mm-hmm. it may happen later. 
Ah, uh, um, I talked. <laughs> it's the previous uh, episode, I think, probably. Right. Well, there's uh, there's a conversation that I want to have with um, some some other writers that I'm in a a, a collective with, uh, and one of the things we do, other than just sort of like like hanging out and talking about writing and you know, la la la, is that we also support each other and we provide gentle accountability to each other. And so if I say like, look, if you see me and it's after such and such a clock, tell me to go to bed. Mm -hmm. And then they do. And then I'm like, well, such and so told me to go to bed. I guess I'm leaving now. Goodbye. Um, Because sometimes I do just need like that outside help because of my like executive function issues. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like a lot of it is like executive function, which is why I had like I have to outsource executive function to apps and whatnot. Um, but sometimes I outsource it to friends because, and, and what's fun is that my friends also sometimes have executive function issues. <laughs> and then you and get so, a feedback but loop they're, together. They're totally able to, to like tell me to go to bed, but then I have to say to them, okay. And you get off Twitter and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting how, those of us with executive function disorders uh, gravitate toward careers where it's really easy to be unstructured. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> another thing um, that I don't know if it would be helpful for you in this context or any context, but maybe helpful for some of our listeners is um, again, going back to the full focus planner. I, I know I'm talking about it a lot this episode, but it has been such an awesome resource for me um, to add. I don't know. For some reason, it, it just clicks with clicks with my brain really, really well. And so um, one of the things is that that Michael Hyatt, who's the person who created the system, talks about is um, different kinds of goals. So there are habit goals and achievement goals in the system. And in with habit-based goals, like for me getting through my morning routine every day, um, maybe set up a reward system. So if you do, if you go to bed on time every day for a week, then you get, I don't know, a, a new notebook. Uh, don't buy notebooks. Uh, you get, I don't know, <laughs> you get something, you know, maybe a small something that's cool and feel special. And maybe after you do it for 30 days in a row, then you get maybe something a little bit bigger. Maybe this is where the notebook comes in. Um, and then maybe after you do it for three months, then you get something uh, bigger or like whatever. Um, it might be something like, especially for those of us with ADHD, sometimes little rewards can be, uh, can be big incentives. Uh, I don't work that way because my brain is also like, I'm an adult. And if I want to go to a movie, I can go to a movie. I don't have to go to bed on time every day for 30 days to be able to go to the movies, you know, but for some people that's really, really helpful. Yeah, that's that's what usually defeats me is I'm like, whatever, I'll do what I want. Right. Yeah. It's it's not good for me because I am a contrarian. <laughs> I will do the exact <laughs> opposite of what I'm supposed to do just because I can gosh darn it. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It might be helpful for other people out there for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um I guess, is there do you have anything else to say in terms of habits and routines? Uh, only that it's just, I feel like we say a lot that, that you have to have them 
or not that you have to have them, but that having them is good. And I, and I don't know, I just, I just constantly feel like this is the, the theme of this part of life, just because there's so much right now that can like jerk you off of your habits. And it just, it feels like so impossible to keep them. Um, I guess that's the main thing that it just feels like a lot of work, which is why it gets talked about a lot. And there's a million books in the bookstore about how to do your to-do list better mm-hmm. and to have a habit and do that stuff and get some grit. I could go on and on about the concept <laughs> of grit and how You're grit annoys me. You're using a lot of buzzwords. Uh, <laughs> because, like, I remember the first time I heard somebody talking about grit, which is probably on the Freakonomics podcast. They were talking about Tammy Duckworth. And I think Tammy Duckworth is the one who wrote the book. I don't think it was her sister. Um, about, you know, like how to get grit and how to keep it and whatever. And I don't know. It was just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I feel like this is not as simple as this is being boiled down to be. And I feel like that it's that the whole concept of like whether you have grit or you don't is not there isn't a lot of discussion of the the things that get in the way of of a person having grit. You know, like the the cultural factors, the socioeconomic factors. Um, like there's just not enough talk about that. And so I feel like, yeah, with with habits, it's the same way. It's the same thing in that, you know, I could sit here all day and be like, and then you have to do this and this and this and get this app and do the thing and do that thing over there and you'll be fine. And somebody who is in a different situation would be like, I literally can't do any of those things. And that's fine. Like, that's why... I'm I'm such a big proponent of like whatever habits work for you and if like a habit isn't working for you even if you feel like you should do it you should always like feel that you can reassess because nothing is going to work across like all people it like humans really just aren't built that way and I feel like there's too much especially when talking about artistry and and how you can get ahead or how you have a career, how you finish a book or how you complete a painting or how you, you know, get that job being a dancer or how you do this. Like there's so much that's just focused on like one way of doing things or one path or one true this or whatever. That's just nonsense. It's just a bunch of nonsense. And it's, it's really frustrating too, because I feel like there just are so many people who think that they aren't good at what they do or are not suited to be an artist because they have bought into this is the one true thing way for mm. you to like have and be and do. Um, so yeah. So just like, there's no one true way to make habits work and habits also don't necessarily work for everybody. Like some people really do just need to, to wing it. They need to freeform it all the time. And that actually works much better for them. And if that works much better for you, then yay. Yeah. I will say that one of the things, uh, that I see advocated for in terms of habit is chaining things. So you have some, some kind of trigger that sets off this cascade of, of, of routine or habit that you do. And so, you know, like in an ideal world, it would be for me, the alarm would go off. I would take my thyroid medication. I would get in the shower. I would get out of the shower. I would take uh, a get dressed I would take my ADHD medication and drink a lot of water, and then I would come out here, out here, 
I'm gesturing like you can see my living room slash office area. I'd come out here and I would feed the cats and then I would feed myself and I would blah, blah, blah. I don't, that's not how it works. What I do have though that works for me is I have my morning, I call it morning routine, even though it's really not a routine, but it's like the seven or eight things that I need to do. And the, I could set it up in Habitica so that I can check each of those off separately. And so if I don't do them in the exact order, it's not the end of the world because I have Habitica as the reminder of all of the things I need to do. Like, I don't care at what point in that sequence I I drink coffee in the morning. I just know that I'll have a headache later in the day if I don't drink it. Um, so so it needs to happen at some point in the morning. Um And that's been really helpful to me. So I know that I'm getting the things done that I need to do, but I'm not being really rigid about it. And approaching it with that mindset has been helpful for me because I am a very, very rigid thinker sometimes. And so if I were stuck in that like, oh, well, I have to do everything in this order. I have to like, don't, don't break the chain type stuff. Um, if I mess up on, if I stumble on one thing and I get it out of order, then the whole day is just gone. And this has been a much more helpful approach for me. So, you know, like the cats are fed, I am caffeinated, I am fed and I'm able to get my work done. That sounds very healthy. That makes so much sense. And the other thing, too, that I thought of while you were talking is um, it has taken me a very long time to get to a point where I'm not here yet. I'm talking as though I'm here, but I'm better than I used to be. So let's just say I am finally at the age of 36 years old getting to the point where I can take failure air quote failure as data points as opposed to something that will totally and completely derail me. So if, if my habits going back to, if my habits or my routines or my morning checklist, if that's not happening the way I need it to happen, or if I'm not writing that 2000 words a day, I'm only writing a thousand words a day, or, you know, I'm, I'm doing, one sketch a week instead of three sketches a week or whatever, instead of saying, well, obviously I can't do this the way I need to do it. I can say, oh, hey, I'm not, I'm not meeting these goals. I'm not meeting the habit or I'm not meeting whatever metric, whatever thing it is. Um, It's time to reassess. That's not a failure. It's a recognition again, that my context has changed and maybe it's something I control, maybe it's not, but it's subtle. It's an internal thinking process, right? But being able to step back and be like, no, you haven't effed everything up. You just need to reassess. That has been incredibly empowering for me. Yeah. And it's really, that's a really important step. That's also a step that I'm working on is like not letting- It's hard me not doing a thing like totally derail me into I failed and everything Mm. is terrible and I'm terrible and it's the worst land. Well, and it's especially hard for people like us with ADHD because that's black and white thinking is, is a symptom of ADHD. It's very prevalent in, in, you know, people with this neurobiology or neurology. So that's not unexpected, but, um, 
yeah, go easy on yourself. Yes, because everything is hard. Everything's hard. Don't let anybody tell you any different. I feel like that's kind of our theme for originality is like everything is really difficult, but you can still do things and they're still going to be great. Yes. Well, I think that's our show. Is that our show? I think so. All right. Well. But now we want to hear from you. Yeah. Because like now I want to know what what are the habits that you have done that you have like worked hard to build into your life. And like, how did you get to that point where you could really keep those habits? That's what I want to know. And do you have set times where you kind of sit back and think about things? Or does some, does like an event trigger uh, like some kind of reassessment algorithm in your brain? Like, um, how do you know when you need to reassess and uh, reevaluate your habits? You can let us know on Twitter. Uh, our account is at Originality FM, or you can join our Facebook group. Um, and we'll put a link to the show notes in that because uh, I don't know that we have a nice, pretty URL for it. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Aline. And Tempest, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter as well. I'm at Tiny Tempest. Um, or if you want to like hang out with me on Facebook, you can search for the Facebook group Tempest in a Teapot. Because that's really the only place where I post on Facebook anymore. Oh, Facebook. All right. It's terrible. Well, until next time, think about some habits. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.